You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Are you a diehard comic book collector? Or maybe a lapsed fan? Maybe even someone who has never picked up a comic book in their life. Hi, I'm Remso Martinez. And I'm Mark Clare. Every single Wednesday at the Second Print Comics Podcast, Remzo and I take a deep dive into the storylines, character arcs, moments, and events that made us the fans we are today. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else podcasts are available. Check out more from the Second Print Comics Podcast at secondprintcomics.com. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. COVID was great for one thing. It was great for fast food delivery people, and it was also great for developing a hobby. Not that many of you actually did anything productive. I mean, with the amount of people that jumped on like the sourdough bread craze and then just kind of gave up and started watching Netflix, and then from there just continued to order out the entire time, it was basically an unproductive but it was productive for some people, and because of that, we're still feeling the repercussions of that. More so now, because everyone's getting back to work, everyone's getting back to their regular lives, and as we look around, as we come out of our collective hangovers almost a year and a half later, we're looking at the world and we're wondering, why can't I get shit? And why is my stuff coming here so late? And why can't I get anything for the price that it would normally be? And I'm in the same boat as you, because I can't get half the shit I needed, and I had to move across the country. Let's go ahead and bitch about this together, but let's go ahead and bitch about it amongst friends. The Degenerate Panel returns on today's episode of On the Run. I'm Remsen W. Martinez. Thank you so much for joining. Do me a favor before everything else goes Go ahead and subscribe to my newsletter for insight, wisdom, and so much more throughout the week. It's remso, R-E-M-S-O dot substack.com. That's remso.substack.com. I just went ahead and put out a story about whether or not podcasting is replacing blogging. You may remember an episode about that from a couple of weeks ago. Well, I went ahead and talked about it a little bit more. Also went ahead and shared some knowledge and some stories that I found that kind of slipped under the radar, such as how Space Force found 30 kilos of cocaine riding on a sea turtle in the Florida keys the things you only get here and nowhere else but like i said we're here with friends the degenerate panel returns we're all actually you know together for the first time in a month virtually because i'm here in wisconsin and everyone is back home in god's country virginia and let's go down the roll call not producing tonight's episode not producer derek derek how is life life is very good rj i'm just you know like i i'm very thankful that this topic is not, you know, I'm, I'm in a good spot. I'm not, you know, I, I hope this scalping problem becomes less of a problem as time goes on. Everyone complains about scalping. I feel like I'm the only one who likes scalping. But speaking of scalping, we have our not act, not, not that Indian. We have one quarter Persian Zed. Zed, how are you doing tonight? And uh, you are Mr. Producer for tonight's episode. Uh, yes, I am, RJ. So, so um, I can get away with Native American jokes. I guess so. Well, yeah, Um, I'm doing pretty good, RJ. I'm just trying to figure out ways, you know, nowadays how to inject my hard-earned money into the U.S. economy, but 
all these out of stock notices won't let me. We need to go to the source, the source for the 1%, the elite, the one and only Sean of the military industrial complex. Sean, how is it getting shit that you like online right now? You know what? It's pretty difficult. And the fact that I can't buy a house and apparently no one's taking my white privilege card. uh, I was going to ask, like, does that get declined at any point or do you have to go in and make sure that you apply it at the right time? You know what? It's like an HSA card. <laughs> and it's like, it's but you know what? We're going to bounce it anyway. I've, I've personally never seen this we're, card. We, we know that your white privilege card doesn't work, but we're going to let it go through regardless. That's the privilege. <laughs> you, you know, okay. You, you asked if it was laminated, Zed. I've got a quick story. I, uh, you know, for for laughs and for entertainment and educational purposes, just like you could buy fake money online, I wanted to see if you could get uh, a fake COVID vaccine card for entertainment and education purposes. And uh, you can't find those online, but what you can find are COVID vaccine laminate or laminating paper and COVID vaccine plastic hardcover cases. And the, the industry that is surrounding people that really want to show off their COVID vaccine card in public is, uh, is absolutely ridiculous. But while that seems to be doing fine, you wanted to go ahead and cover all the other stuff. That's why we're subtitling today's episode. Why can't I grab bullets in a freaking graphics card? Zed, talk <laughs> about the situation. Uh, where can I start, RJ? So during the pandemic, I was lucky enough to land my first real job in the real world, being a big boy. And I'm like, this is great. Now that I'm finally making money and I'm saving some money, I can finally rebuild my computer that I've had for seven years because I want to play all the latest games. Uh, So I go online and I find out that everything's out of stock. And I'm like, this is strange. A few months ago, like probably October, November, the stock issues were fine. But then all of a sudden I start hearing about this chip shortage. And all of a sudden you can't find a graphics card everywhere. And people buy them up with bots and they're selling them three times MSRP. And so it's close to impossible. And then for the ammunition, you know, I, I recreationally shoot and I'm like, okay, um, I was able to pick up some ammo, pretty normal price, probably last summer. Uh, but when the George Floyd riots started and, uh, all that hoo-ha, uh, you, you couldn't find any ammo on shelves and there was low stock factories were shut down. People were hoarding, people were scalping and a bullet that went for 18 cents around now goes for a dollar around. That, that, that feels like one of those things that people just assume could have been resolved. Like as soon as most the lockdown restrictions started moving up. Um, and the, the one thing that I think people are kind of focusing on a bit too much is everything that's going on with inflation. There are a lot of people that are just blaming inflation for everything. And yeah, we printed more money in one year than we did in the entire history of the Federal Reserve System going back 100 years. 
But with that said, though, the American dollar is still the standard of the world. While it's basically like an inflationary, invisible tax on regular American consumers, at the end of the day, I'd still rather be using the dollar than anything else. With that said, though, what people don't seem to talk about, especially in blue states, is the fact that when you shut factories down, when you limit production, when you go ahead and halt entire supply lines, it's going to make shit impossible to get because there's such a backlog. If you want to, okay, one example right now, I'm waiting for a uh, reclining chair to come in in July. I bought it at the end of May. And the reason why right now is because there's a, there's a run on furniture. And the reason why is because all the lumber uh, fields had to basically shut down because obviously if you're cutting down a tree, you can't socially distance, whatever that means. So they go ahead and do that. Then the factories shut down. Then all the, all the drivers got limited um, in time because of the number of people that had to get laid off because they couldn't just keep all these people on staff. So then when you go ahead and disrupt an entire supply line, you add inflation and then you add a giant rush for these things. It's no wonder all this shit is happening. And for me, what I had to do, I only had a box of nine mil when I moved here. I have a coworker who was literally willing to trade me um, uh, bourbon four bullets. I had a bottle of Virginia brandy with me. So I literally gave her a bottle of Virginia brandy for two boxes of nine mil. And it's crazy because now we're in a barter economy for most of these things if you want it now, because people don't just want the money for it. Now they're wanting stuff that is in high demand, especially since, you know, you can't just go ahead and order alcohol from one state and have it delivered to another. It's difficult as hell. So That's annoying. all this stuff is, is, is running up at like the worst time possible. And the reasons why I tried to sum it up there to make it seem simple, everything else is just getting way more complicated results. Zed, I don't know if you know about this, but there's actually a fear amongst gun owners right now because all these munitions factories are pumping out rounds so fast, people are, wo are worried that they're getting defective bullets. What? Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that definitely can be an issue uh, with quality control. Um, I, I, I could say probably 2013, 2014, during the last gun panic when, I think this is during the Obama administration, there's talks and new legislation going on. And we saw the same thing happen, but not as bad as what we're experiencing now. So uh, what these factories were doing, they were pumping them out so fast that when the supply chain caught up, um, there were, there were like, uh, there were a few boxes of ammo I bought back in 2013, 2014, uh, where they had fire. Um, but some of the bullets, you know, they're loaded like little less with powder or, 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 or so. And, you know, bullets would just keyhole down range. Basically, you know, your round would go sideways or something like that through the paper or just accuracy issues, stuff like that. But I haven't heard of like shit, like, you know, your guns exploding or anything right? like that. The main issue is just people just need to get their hands on ammo. And what you're seeing right now, and what I'm seeing is the market's starting to recover now that uh, now that the factories are open, the supply's coming back. So nine millimeter used to be a dollar around, now you're seeing it around 40 cents around. So ammo is actually one of the industries that's actually, we're seeing a recovery in. So basically, 
things are going to recover as we're beginning to see, but certain areas are are being affected in a way that could affect supply long-term. One of those is the issue regarding graphics cards. The amount of stuff, I didn't actually know what went in the graphics card. I thought that was just an extra thing you had to have. But what, what goes into a graphics card? Gold. What goes into everything else? Silicon. So you've got all this stuff that is you know, kind of hard to obtain. It's got a limited supply. And why why are people primarily buying these at just high rates? Zed? I, I don't get it. Is it just because everyone wanted to start building computers? I know that crypto mining has something to do with it, but it doesn't seem like one of those things that makes that much sense to somebody like me who's not really into technology and stuff like that in, in terms of that type of stuff. Yeah, so the issue, it kind of happened on two fronts. So it's contributed both to COVID and it was contributed to the cryptocurrency mining uh, craze. So, you know, with COVID, everyone's staying at home and, you know, people start taking up new hobbies. And it's like, hey, since I'm staying at home most of the time, uh, let me build a new gaming computer. Or, you know, my hardware has been aging for a while and now's a good time to get back into PC gaming and upgrade my computer. So I can play through COVID. Um, and then the cryptocurrency miners are basically, oh, I need five or six graphics cards or 10 to build a mining rig so I can make money sitting on my butt during quarantine. Um, and coupled with that, you have the chip shortage and the scalpers. So you'll have people, because this, these cards are in such high demand, not even just graphics cards, but even consoles like Xboxes and PS4s or PS5s, they would actually run bots to scout online sites. And whenever something comes in stock on any website, it automatically auto executes a script and just buys the item in mass quantities. So nobody has an opportunity to actually get their hands on one. And then once these scalpers get their hands on this product, because it's such a high demand, they'll sell it on eBay for three times as much as it's worth. And people who are really desperate will pay $1,500 for a $700 card. That's, that, that's freaking insane. And, and the number of people who are getting into crypto and everything now is, uh, it, it's at a point where it's almost like, I feel like, hi, I told you so. But at the same time, it's also leading to a massive rush on people who are buying crypto and then panic selling crypto. So it seems like everyone wants something. No one can get anything. Everyone is paying way over price for things. And uh, I, I, think, I think a lot of what we're seeing right now is also kind of like the toilet paper shortage. It's like it wasn't necessarily real, but it was like collective mania. We were all just losing our shit, and we saw one person buy too much toilet paper, and next thing you know, we were all running out of toilet paper despite the fact that there was no lack of supply. I, I want to talk about uh, crypto for a second. <laughs> Sean, I think I was the person who introduced you and the others to crypto in around 2018. When yep. you first heard about it then, what did you think about it? And knowing everything that has happened to get us to the point now, what's your opinion of it? I mean, when you told me that, I'm like, wait, electronic currency? Dude, you're talking a bunch of horseshit. I was like, no way. Yeah. Look at the money that I have right here. That's that's what I that's what I care about. And now, Jesus, it's gonna at some point it's gonna be just a regular thing that we use every day. I mean, the fact that you can go buy uh, a Tesla with Bitcoin, and I know I think uh, 
Subaru or Nissan or someone else now is accepting uh, Bitcoin and like Dogecoin too now. Yeah, Zed, Derek, you guys got on the Dogecoin train. You, neither of you are none of you are like mining crypto, but you you went you went pretty pretty all in on Doge in January. Derek, how about you talk about that? What, where were you like a few years ago when I first kind of brought it up, and what made you so bullish on that? Because you you and Zed especially, like I think you guys are, are way more into a lot of the altcoins than even I am. So so I I, I would say this. Um, like I'm, I'm looking at my Robinhood profile right now, just cause I'm curious. I like, I bought the, uh, Dogecoin when I was around, when I was, when I was around, like, I was like, let me see. I can, I can see exactly when I bought it. like what I bought it at. Uh, it was like, if I remember it was like around five cents. Cause I got you into it. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was around like, it was like four, it was like four cents at, at the time. And ne- and right now it's twenty nine cents. So right now, if I if I was to sell this moment, um, that is worth one thousand nine hundred eighty two dollars. Holy shit, Zed! What about you? And I, um, and I only I, spent like two hundred to start. Wow. Yeah. So for me, with the cryptocurrencies, if it weren't for the scalping and the shortage of everything I'd want. I wouldn't have put as much money into cryptocurrencies as I would because what, like, you know, I'm saving all this money and I know a bunch of guys at my cigar lounge are like, Oh, you should invest. You should invest in stocks. You should invest in crypto. I'm like, okay, I got nothing better to do with my money. So let me start putting some money into investments like stocks and crypto. And, you know, I, I, I made a pretty good return on cryptocurrency. So in a way, you know, there, it, for me, I feel like uh, COVID in a way was kind of a blessing because I made, you know, the right moves in a sense where, you know, I'm, I'm me along with a lot of other people are, are do have done pretty well in COVID, you know, and other others, unfortunately, have not. But it was just, you know, I took the opportunity when I saw it and a lot of other people did as well. Do you, do you think what's going on with the graphic cards is entirely because of crypto mining? Because I feel like that's often kind of like the scapegoat for a lot of people that don't like crypto. So when they see something like this, it's like, oh, it's all these people who are buying up and scalping these graphic cards and they're going up and consuming a lot of electricity. And now the shit now is, oh, it's bad for the environment because of the output of electricity. But when you compare it to most things, it's really nothing. And, you know, I I would even say that your average Bitcoin mine is less impactful compared to like one Tesla. When you look at the amount of of the amount of electricity generated by coal to create that thing and then to power that thing and then you look at the fact that the battery won't decompose for like a million years i would much rather have some kids buying up graphic cards using a little extra electricity buy the stuff they need to go ahead and start earning money through crypto mining than getting a car that they're probably gonna sell in like five to seven years yeah so (sighs) i don't think uh crypto it, it does play a role but i don't for me personally i don't think crypto mining is the cause of this shortage because we've had a run on crypto miners buying up cards back in 2018 when Bitcoin was going to the moon. And people always complain about, oh, Bitcoin miners buying up all the cards and this and that. But you could still find stock of cards, you know, 
you're not going to get them at you know sale prices, but they were selling at MSRP, and there was always stock because the, the supply chain wasn't interrupted. The problem right now is the supply chain is screwed up, and there's a, a, a microchip shortage, and the cars that come in, the, the short amount of the small amount of cars that come in, are being picked up by bots. That's the problem right now. So I think it's more COVID that's caused all this. So probably by this time next year, things should at least be calmer. I mean, people are speculating uh, you're not going to see a return to normal graphics card stock and availability till the end of 2022, early 2023. I, I mean, people were almost saying that about like toilet paper. Like I remember going on Amazon and for like a roll of, for like a pack of six rolls of like basic two ply, it was like $60 and those things were disappearing. Now, it's easier to go ahead and produce toilet paper compared to graphics cards because of the amount of stuff that goes into it. I also think the graphics card shortage is also what's making gold go up because you have to use gold for the circuitry uh, like most things. Like everyone's iPhone has a little bit of gold in there because gold is a great conductor. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where I think it's definitely the fact that we artificially destroyed the greatest economy in the world and now we're coming back at the same time you've got people jumping into all these things panic buying or panic selling Mm -hmm. and then you know that that just creates you know even even more like hecticness around it so so you went ahead and pulled up some examples said how about you go ahead and break us down through these things all right so i got uh three articles on um ammunition shortage, car, uh, the automobile shortage, because they use chips as well, and uh, the graphics card shortage. It breaks down kind of like the key issues of why this is happening. Uh, But I'm going to go ahead and start uh, with a video, a clip on YouTube by Later Clips. Um, And he's talking about an article which talks about how scalpers have sold a total of $61.5 million in graphics cards just on the secondhand market. Um, so let's go ahead and it's a four minute clip, so we'll go through it. Do I? Uh, let me uh, go ahead and. That would be nice. Enable the sound. I always thought scalpers were just the guys outside baseball games trying to sell tickets. Scalpers have sold 50,000 NVIDIA RTX 3000 GPUs through eBay and StockX. 50,000. According to this analysis, scalpers have raked in an estimated 61.5 million in sales with 15.2 million in profit. That is not nothing. I will tell you what, especially when you look at the volume necessary to achieve that is not maybe not as big as you think. So uh, this particular individual, this story is on PC mag, this particular individual that ran the analysis, Michael Driscoll, he's been tracking sales on eBay using a computer script to understand the full scope of scalping, the volume. The most scalped card, not surprising, the RTX 3080, which dwarfs the other models. 3070, I guess, is not quite dwarfed, but the 3090 and the new 3060 Ti, a little bit lower in volume. uh, 14,066 units sold of the RTX 3080. Uh... The number has shot up to, well, the total number for all models is about 40,000 units. All right, so I take that back. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of units for the secondary market for eBay. The median price for an RTX 3080, $1,300. The past week, $1,449. So the price is actually going awesome. up still. 
Possibly. And so like Zed, which of those would be considered like entry level or what type of stuff were you looking for? So entry level would be considered a 3060 or a 3060 Ti. That's generally your esports gamer, you know, play games like Overwatch and League of Legends. Uh, your free. So that's play. your Fortniteer. That's your Fortniteer. Yeah. That's your well, Fortniteer card. You're about 3060. I'm pretty sure you you can play a lot more than just Fortnite. <laughs> but in general, a person building a budget build would get like a 3060. I was looking at the 3070. Um, that's like a good mid tier, mid to high end tier card to run what I wanted to run. Uh, it says here MSRP 499, and there's NVIDIA saying, oh yeah, this card is going to outperform the highest tier card of the last generation, and that's why everyone wanted this card because it's going to be so hot in performance. So MSRP was 499. Uh, scalpers are selling it for 867 dollars when you can find one. So almost double. Okay. And the MSRP is 699 on that model, so it's a a 2x price which is actually well it's kind of held ground with those consoles as well the new consoles are still kind of selling for close to double also the markup not so much on the 3090 which has a much higher starting price at 1500 the median price there 2159 and the rtx 3070 it's close to double 500 to 809 rtx 3060 from 399 to 667 but a tremendous number of units, just under 40,000 sold on eBay. Now, if you head down to the next chart, which actually tracks stock X sales, just kind of who would have thought the sneaker resale website mm. takes on the role of RTX reseller as well. Yeah, they're expanding. 10,000 units. Okay, so cor- correct me because I'm going to go ahead and try and understand this so people are buying things in bulk at the listing price of which they would be available then what they're doing is they're causing the overall stock of it to basically dwindle to nothing and then what they're doing is they're going to sites that they own or other listing sites such as ebay or amazon and then that's where they're selling it for a quadruple markup over the msrp correct so it's basically flipping. Yes. Okay. It's sold on stock X. And as far as the comparison's concerned, it looks like you can actually earn a little bit more on stock X, at least when it, uh, $2 more on the 3080, as far as the average is concerned. The other models actually looks like you can earn a little bit less. If we're just looking at averages, you're probably better off posting on eBay, though I don't know what the fee difference is on the two of them. Either way, when you combine them, it's 50,000 GPUs, Will, raking in a total of 61.5 million in sales. Secondary market sales. Wow. And NVIDIA still can't figure out how to make these fast enough. Not helping the matter as well is the 25% U.S. tariff covering motherboards and GPUs which has caused both vendors and scalpers to elevate the price even further. Okay, you just mentioned tariffs. These cards are made in China? Uh, China and Taiwan. Mainly Uh, Taiwan. So so basically, yeah, that's that's a big problem. It's insane. Hype. It's ridiculous. Hype is the new currency, Will. Uh Hype is moving... Markets and charts and lines. 
and uh, GPUs and GameStop and it's weird. It feels it feels it feels like some sort of parallel here. Sitting at home, figuring out what to do. I need a GPU or more than one. Uh-huh. I need a trading app. I need Netflix and Domino's and DoorDash and Xbox, Zoom. PS5. Yeah, I need a PS. It's like it's all the stuff you it's all the at home stuff. So I I I think that this is this is part of the problem. And Sean, I want to get your I love on talk- this. So during like hurricanes, natural disasters and stuff like that, you've got many people in government that want to make price gouging illegal. Now, if you're the only person in like a town where, you know, like it's like Hurricane Katrina or something, there were people there who were selling bottles of water for like $300. Now, it's one of those situations where it's like two things can happen. One, you're in a situation where you might not get water for a while. This guy needs an immediate return. $300, yeah, okay, and make sure that at least he's getting something really valuable out of it because that, that bottle of water is the difference between life or death. Then you've got the people who might have a way in to get more, and they're just fucking taking advantage of people who are victimized by a natural disaster. So that that's one of those things where it's like I get the price gouging laws, but at the same time it's like, you know what, also keep the government out of it because that might be the only way of actually allocating resources effectively. When it comes to like sports, and I, I always go back to this for scalping, it's like I, I never understood why scalping was illegal. I don't understand why if somebody's standing outside of a stadium trying to sell tickets, and you probably know that person is not being fair if their prices, mm-hmm. why should it be illegal for you to go ahead and buy your overpriced tickets from the scalper? Well, I think it's because, but the thing is, like everyone had a fair chance of buying that ticket. You know, if, you know, if you're fast enough on your clicks and you buy your ticket early enough, you know, you're going to get a spot, right? Problem what these guys are doing is they're running automated scripts on websites, which automatically execute and buy up all the stock right away. So the average Joe, the normal person not using any of these scripts on his computer doesn't even have a chance. Yeah. And it's, and this, in a way it's doing damage to the PC uh, community of people who want to get into computer gaming because if this continues gaming on pcs is going to be a hobby for the rich you know it's no you're no longer going to see 500 entry-level gaming computers anymore you know so that's the problem is you got all these people you know using all these automated scripts and buying everything up and no, no one even stands a chance at getting their hands on a card sean do you agree with zed Absolutely. I mean, Jesus, I just ordered a new laptop and I'm not going to get it till almost July because the one thing that's holding it back is the graphics card that goes into it, the NVIDIA graphics card. Derek, how, how does something like this get fixed? And I know that's a real loaded question. There's a lot going into it, but my inclination is, and I already prefaced that a graphics card is not the same as toilet paper, Mm. but you know, after a while, the toilet paper phase last year died out after around October. 
That was yeah. when you could feasibly get toilet paper. Everything is still inflated in price at this point, artificially, well, because of people just panic buying toilet paper. Yeah. At the same time, it's like we could still just produce more toilet paper. So, what so is it about this stuff? This, I mean, at least with toilet paper, is that you know that's a that's a physical commodity that people aren't going to resell, at least not to the not to the extent of graphics cards, like. Once you have enough toilet paper in your home, you have no reason to get more. Like people aren't rushing to buy it to sell it. This is something that people are buying to sell uh, with that purpose in mind or set up, you know, crypto mining servers or whatever. And, and like, I think the way you fix it is that, you know, online retailers and retail stores need to basically enable a, one like you know one purchase per customer limit you know maybe a month or something i know i know uh i know um microsoft yeah micro center is actually doing that like they're starting a policy where it says you can only buy one graphics card per month per customer because yeah. the scalping got so bad so like this way scalpers can't you know abuse bots like their bot might buy one card that's all they'll be able to buy because that's all they'll be allowed to buy does that make it any better though because you know the, the one thing the guy said at the end was that you've got people that are buying things and buying things in mass quantity and buying things at an incredibly inflated price yeah without necessarily the need to do that so all of this stuff like it's not like food or water. You don't need any of this to survive. And as he yeah. accurately described, this is people who are at home, who have more time and disposable income. Zed touched on this. He has more time. He has more disposable income. He's getting into this. Both of you had that opportunity. That's why you got into Doge. That's why. Did, did you get into GameStop? Did you do that? I wish I did. <laughs> but, I, I, I so wish I did. <laughs> but now, I only go in for big returns. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, let, let, let's think about though. Now they're doing something that's going to harm just everyday people. Now you've got to go ahead and you're either going to be waitlisted or you're going to be con, you know, considerably limited in how much you could buy. We saw this with GameStop, for example, when they basically said you're not allowed to buy anything else on the Rob. Uh, you're not allowed to buy any more uh, GameStop stock on the Robinhood app, but you can sell, which led to the question, who are the people allowed to buy? It was the hedge funders. Then they did the same thing with Dogecoin. They said it was an app. Outage, but come on, how can you have an entire network outage for an un, un, unregulated, uncontrollable cryptocurrency? That's bad. You could buy it elsewhere, but you couldn't buy it there on the place where most people are doing the trading. So, so it's one of these situations where it's like I almost feel like saying, let the scalpers have their minute, have their moment in the sun. And eventually things will kind of even out as people start to get back to normal and as time passes. Because once these policies get put there, they end up making people feel like they're more permanent than they yeah. are. And uh, RJ, I, I'm curious just because I know, you know, have you attempted to get a PS5 or no? No, man, I still got a PS4 with me right now. My, my brother, so Ryan spent like months trying to get a PS five and he got one of he got one of only two PS fives that were available in like a three day period in all of Fairfax County. And as wow. he was walking out of Walmart, several people followed him and the other person that happened to be there at the same time getting their PS five, uh, th that person was having people offer them like 
thousands of dollars in cash. My, my brother actually had to go ahead and like team up with the person. They walked to each other's vehicles to, uh, to, to leave safely because they were worried that they were going to get mugged on the way out. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the PS five crave alone, craze alone. Like I remember that was, that, that was pretty serious a few months back. I'm, I'm curious if that's still a problem. I don't know if it is, but, but, but you see, here's the thing, Derek, I'm not going to buy a PS five for like another year and a half. If I do that, well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like, like when I was younger, the, it was when I was younger, it was always like my parents, you have to get it on release date. Now it's like just wait a year. I yeah. mean, I worked at GameStop. I always told these people, it's like if you want one of these new games, at least wait a month and buy it used. Yeah, especially when it comes to consoles, just because you know, like all consoles at launch have problems. This is just a fact. You know, you gotta like like let them work out the bugs, and then they'll release like a PS5 Pro or some crap, and then and then like. And then that won't be the one you want to buy because, you know, remember Xbox 360, Red Ring of Death? Like, oh my gosh, I had to send it back to Microsoft. Yeah, like OG Xbox 360s. And then, like, they fixed that problem with feature models. Like, like feature models didn't have that problem, but that one did. Um, That just depends on, you know, like, because they find the flaws as it's released and then. I mean, I haven't heard anything bad about Xbox One S or whatever and the PS5, but like, you know, they they exist. Like I say, give it some time, let some games appear on them first, because at least for PS5, I know there's plenty of good exclusives on it that make it desirable comparatively to. But 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 you bring up the the PS5, and I'll, I'll get to you in just one second. I do have one question though. It's like maybe this is a dumb response, but like if you could tell that there's this much demand for it. I don't understand why it's so hard just to produce more. Well, that could just be, a, I mean, the, I mean, the PS5s as well need these cards, right? So it could just be a supply chain issue just with um, Sony having trouble getting cards for their systems. Yeah, true. Zed. Because, because the PS5s are on SSDs. Um, and also, I'm not sure about the graphics card they're in them, but like... Just the equipment might not be there. Makes sense. Zed? Yeah, I like. I was going to add, like, um, I actually think putting limits on purchases will actually help resolve the issue. Because right now what you're seeing is none of these websites are selling these graphics cards or putting a one per, per customer policy. Um, to give you an example for ammo, um, when, when you went on websites to buy ammunition, the moment stuff got started getting crazy last summer you'd see all these websites saying we're limiting purchases to two boxes a customer three boxes a customer online right and it's, and it's carried on through that way until now and now what you're seeing is online uh on these forums that monitor in stock notices people are actually not buying what they're doing is they're holding for the price to go down and it's actually working so two months ago, nine millimeter was like 85 cents around. Mm-hmm. Now it's like 40 cents around. Why? Because everyone on that site was saying, this is too high of a price. We're not going to pay this. Everyone hold until the price goes down. And sure enough, as supply started coming back and people kept holding, the price kept going down and down and down because people weren't buying as much. Uh, the problem you're seeing with these graphics cards is that you know there's no limit so people are just checking out as much as they can because they know people are going to pay that price because there's still a demand. So 
Who at the end of this is at fault? The scalpers or the people willing to pay the scalpers? Both. I'd say both. It's just, The thing is, nobody forced you to buy that card at that price, but you're too impatient and you wanted your graphics card right away, so you paid $1,500 for a $500 card. And so, then, it's, so it's a double loss because not yeah. only are you out more money, but because you've enabled this type of behavior, yeah. you're prolonging how long it's going to be. Exactly. And it, you're incentivizing the scalper and you're incentivizing NVIDIA, the manufacturer, because they figured out, why do we got to list our cards at an affordable price when we can raise our MSRP and, and people are going to pay that price? You know? Scalper. Yeah. You know, so, something that I'm curious about, like, because... I guess since since all these scalpers are making a profit off of off of their products just by buying and then reselling, does does like Nvidia have grounds to sue these people just because like they're making such a profit off of their off of their equipment? Like just the idea that they're buying it and then selling it back at triple the price. I, I mean, mean I, they're making I, they're making so much money. They I mean, could care less. All they care is someone's buying the product. That's true, but like somebody's making more if money. They, I mean, if they wanted to, they could list their cards for $1,000 a piece, but that'd be bad PR. Yeah, it would be. That's yeah. why they have Sean, better. what were you going to say? I mean, this goes on to my struggle. I've been trying to buy a house for a while, and because of COVID and the low stock of houses, it's just been people are willing to buy houses like just like graphics cards over 80 k or asking price. I mean, I've... I've been outbidded four times for houses and I just actually got a call today from some condos that I looked at probably like almost a month ago. And they were like, Hey, Mr. Doyle, we just want to let you know uh, the price on your condo that you were looking at has gone up 80 K because of the lumber shortage. Jesus. This is, and um, I didn't know it was going to go this way. So I, I really want to touch on what, Sean just brought up because he, he brought up something that has actually been really bothering me the last couple of months. Before I do that, Zed, any, any other stories that you wanted to cover? Zed, you're muted. You're muted. You're muted. I could pull something up on the lumber shortage, or we can just really quickly follow up on the auto market real quick. On yeah, let, let, on let's, let's touch on that because Sean yeah. brings up housing. And I think no one is talking about housing. And I've got like a crazy theory about what's going to happen to housing. So Ooh, let's theories. jump on auto. All right. All right. Uh, so uh, article. It's not on- a Q theory. I feel like I have to put a disclaimer. It's not a Q theory. It's a real theory based off numbers and mm-hmm. shit like that. So on chip shortage. That's just car a supply. theory. A game theory. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, an automotive news survey about the ongoing shortage of semiconductor chips needed for new vehicles, electronic systems, found nearly universal concern. The auto industry is fully aware of just how bad the current chip shortage is. Incidentally, this has been clear for a while. Uh, Ford recently said that chip shortage is perhaps the greatest supply shock he's ever seen. Um, automakers and suppliers called examining the global chip shortage, which gives us plenty of survey data to back up the feeling. Perhaps the most surprising number is that 93% of respondents said that they will think the chip shortage will have a severe impact on the auto industry. Um, the survey was conducted a month ago before recent estimates put the shortage impact on the auto industry at $110 billion in lost revenue this year. But just even but even in January, the estimates around $50 billion, which apparently wasn't severe enough for 7% respondents. 
Just a reminder that the shortage of chips used in cars, computers, and other products was caused by worldwide demand for electronic goods that intensified because of the coronavirus pandemic, along with inadequate planning in the supply chain and weather problems. A new vehicle can have up to 100 of these semiconductor chips on board. They're just needed in components for touchscreens or transmissions. You, you see, that's the thing, though. It's like, you know, you could blame the scalpers, but at the same time, it's like they're just very, they're, they're like the bottom feeders. They're like at the bottom of this issue. The problem was, you know, I'll say, it. Well, I'll, I'll say it. China released a virus to oh. attack Trump oh, in no. order to shut down the strongest economy in the world. So China releases the virus. Next thing you know, the government shuts down the American economy, and that shuts down supply trade and everything else. So it, it's like you know everyone's going after the scalpers, and then they mention the supply trade, but nobody wants to point out the fact that you know all of this could have been avoided had we actually looked at the science and saw that hey, you have a ninety-nine percent chance of surviving of of you know getting COVID and surviving, and of your chance of severely being injured, that's uh, and you know permanently disabled because of it, um, you know that's like a 05 percent chance, and then your chance of dying is like less than like a fourth of a percent. It's it's one of these situations where it's like I'm worried that each time something politically happens that the sitting party in power doesn't like, that they're going to go ahead and create these situations. Because while we're all distracted by scalpers selling graphic cards and all this other stuff at high rates, they're just going to keep doing it and they're going to keep us so distracted and, and so screwed up with all this other stuff. They're just going to keep doing it. And it's one of those situations where it's just like, you know, this is definitely showing that all of this could have been prevented had we not completely centralized all authority for the sake of a virus that was not as bad as it really was. And this is coming from somebody who was down for three weeks because I caught the worst form of COVID. I caught COVID pneumonia. It was bad. I'm not saying COVID's not real. But my God, and I told you guys this, like it sucked for a couple of weeks, but I was at the, at the end of it, I was like, you know what? This is not worth like shutting down the economy for. And if we do this again, it's going to be like this, but worse. 100%. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I experienced this auto chip shortage firsthand because I'm like, okay, I can't trying to find a car, aren't you? Yeah. Cause I'm like, okay, I can't. At the time, I couldn't spend money on ammo. I couldn't spend money on a new computer, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me let me buy a new car, the car I always wanted, like a must, a new Mustang, right? So I go into the car dealership, and they they have a full lot of Mustangs on the lot. And I go in there, I see the one I like, um, and the MSRP for that car was like thirty seven thousand dollars, but it was like a a, a twenty twenty uh, end of model year. Uh, just sitting in there in a show where I'm like one year old, no one picked it up. So I'm like, okay, cool. This is a 2020. I can probably get a good deal at the door because it's just sitting there, you know, going to negotiate. Uh, they were asking 4,000 over MSRP with no negotiating at all. And I had a cousin who came with me who actually runs a car dealership. And he, he was telling me that you should buy this particular car out the door. You should pay 35 and no more. 
but this dealership was asking 41,000 and they weren't budging. And the reason they're saying is that because of the supply chain issue and the microchips and Ford shutting down production for a couple of weeks, because uh, you know cars just aren't coming into a dealership, the dealership bought up all the Mustangs within a, like a 200, 300 mile radius and was hoarding them because this is all the inventory they know they're going to get for the foreseeable future. So they're like, we're, we're selling these cars at this price because these are all the cars we're going to get for the foreseeable future. Wasn't Ford though? And, and I think you and I talked about this like last April, May, when you first started thinking about getting a car, Ford was allowing you to put like 2% down and walk out the door and not make payments for a year. Yeah. So, so that so was like, I, I hear that story and that makes total sense. But at the same time, it's like they were also basically allowing people who they couldn't necessarily confirm whether or not they could actually make those payments later, just walk away with cars. So, so the thing is, if I were to buy, if I were to go looking for a car, uh, probably in de- December, January, when COVID was still at its peak, um, I would have gotten an amazing deal. Because the thing is, people weren't buying cars during peak COVID. But as stuff started relaxing and stuff started opening up, people were like, all right, I'm going to use this disposal income I've accumulated throughout this pandemic. I'm going to buy myself a new car. So then there's a huge surge in demand for cars. Meanwhile, there's no supply coming in for the factories. And then the dealer's like, oh shit, you know, if we're, we're going to lose all of our inventory if we keep selling these cars off of this price. So let's jack up the price and make uh, as much profit as we can because we don't know if we're getting any more cars. Yeah, at that point, they, they thought that 15 days to flatten the curve wouldn't turn into a year. Um, this is, I mean, this is all, I don't want to like beat a horse of a, de- I was about to say beat a horse of a dead stick, but be a, be a oh. dead horse with a stick. It's like, um, no innuendos, Derek. It, it, it's another example of like, if we had not just completely shut things down, none of this shit would have been happening. This is the government's fault, 110%. But um, now, now, since we've kind of covered all this, I want to touch on housing. Um, we all remember the 2008 subprime mortgage crisis that turned into the bailing out of the banks, uh, basically um, Lehman Brothers, you know, basically getting bought up by the government. Now it's just Fannie and Freddie and the Fed just printing money at a rate that we thought was absurd for the time it happened. I mean, my family was affected. I can assume, you know, that all of yours were as well, just like basically everybody was. It was a bad situation. The banks got bailed out and the American taxpayer got put on the hook for it. And we were all left worse off because of it as a country. And now over the past year, it has basically made the 2008 crisis look like absolutely nothing. But Sean, as we brought up a moment ago, is having you know difficulties finding a house because of the amount of people buying it up and the people that are buying it up for remarkably over the asking price when they go to bid for this. Now, uh, I know a lot of people that bought homes. They didn't rent homes. They bought homes. They bought townhouses. They bought condos. They bought real estate in uh, 2020 like it was going out of style, especially since interest rates and everything else were so low. It was for some of them, it was like the only time they could ever in the foreseeable future buy a home. I have a friend who's a millionaire in North Carolina who walked around with a backpack full of cash and was buying up a lot of the commercial real estate in his town for like pennies on the dollar. And then when people started going back to garages, retail stores, restaurants and stuff, he suddenly had new tenants who could actually afford 
to pay him, and he increased the rent. Smart move, but that's the type of stuff that happened. What worries me right now with everything we're seeing with stocks, with commodities, with assets, with all these things, with all the meme economics we've seen over the past months, you couple that with people who were getting into homes now that they probably should not have gotten into because the ability to pay for it may have just been a little bit risky then. It's not going to be like the subprime mortgage crisis where people who could never pay back those those loans and everything else were getting loans. That was a bad loan practice. But now what people are doing is they're just spending money out of control. You had that with cost of living increases, inflation, taxes, and then this constant impulse buying. Sean, I think within the near future, and I'm not telling you not to get a house, but I'm telling you in the new, in the near future, if you want to get a house, hurry up and get it soon or wait a while when it's cheaper. And I think things are going to be cheaper because I think all of this is going to come crashing down and we're going to see a housing crisis worse than that of 2008. Well, that's what my realtor, she said, basically with the lumber shortage and the fact that COVID, you can just like literally, uh, Derek, you probably know the Stewarts. They, they got their, house and they put it on the market basically the realtor's like what do you want to put it up for and they're like i don't know it, this sounds fair and then the realtor said basically no you could get you could ask way more it, and people are putting their house at absurd prices because they know they're gonna get it and well. putting their house up for four hundred thirty thousand. it's like fuck it i'll, I'll put it at 570 because uh, people will pay that yeah the, the one thing that I saw a lot of in my neighborhood at the height of COVID were the number of people who I always thought were really rich and wealthy who were actually house poor. And house poor is a term used to describe people who make a lot of money, but then because of lifestyle inflation, because they're buying the big home and they want to fill up the big home with really nice things and all the nice things are expensive and they put everything on a credit card and for every dollar they spend they earn, they spend a dollar fifty. The number of people that had basically run their lives on credit got exposed in a rate that was just insane because one, you know, they get laid off or their salaries get cut or something, and they can't just work from home because they have to pay these bills. And paying the minimum on the credit card is not gonna be good enough anymore. So the number of people that had to move out because they basically became broke overnight, was crazy. These were also, number two, the people that were crying out for stimulus checks, the people with Beamers and the people with multiple cars and the people living in the giant four-bedroom home are crying, hoping that they can get a $1,200 stimulus check. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is... This is one of those situations where it's like, yeah, you know, like government bad, but what you were doing your entire life was running on borrowed time and borrowed money. And now you're going to impact the rest of us because we have to go ahead and print more money to give you $1,200 that you should have stuck in a high interest savings account for free online. Like you've got to be shitting me. I don't think people have learned from that. I really don't. I really don't. Americans are saving cash now more so than they have ever done in the past like 20, 30, 40 years. 
That came from Dave Ramsey. 40 years, people are holding cash now more than ever. But I don't think it has to do with the fact that everyone just suddenly got smart and were like, you know, I should have an emergency fund. I think it's because they don't know how... They have too much money and they don't know how to spend it, but they have, they feel like they have to spend it on something. So, I mean, this is now at the point where it's like, you know, I blamed government for a lot, but everything that's happening post COVID now, everything is on us at this point. And it's going to be 2008, like on crack. Yeah. Yeah. My, I mean, just with everything that's going on, most of what I spend money on at the moment is basically just, like, I mean, it, there's not much stupid shit to spend it on, unfortunately. It's just mostly just going out to eat or just food in general. Um, uh, like, what do you what do you guys typically end up spending money on now? That's just like this whole, like with every like you can't can't buy a car, can't buy a new PC, stuff like that. Like, just well, at least for me, thank God, cigars are still in stock. <laughs> just quick. So. Shut up, Doyle. Don't jinx it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, people start scalping cigars. Yeah, yeah. Ever since COVID started, I had a lot of free time on my hands, and I, you know, chilling on my computer gets boring after you do it for like two, three weeks straight. So I started consuming more cigars than I normally would. So before COVID, I used to be a one or two, probably three cigar a week smoker. Now I'm like one almost every day. Oh my god. Just because it's just a habit that stuck to COVID because I enjoyed having a cigar on the patio because there's nothing else to do. And, well, uh, you know, something good things come out, I guess. So because I got, so again, I bought a new laptop. It's going to take a while to get it because of the graphics card and everything that goes into it. Well, needless to say, if I did not do it through my company corporation discount, and everything it could have taken over you mean your white privilege card didn't get accepted no you know what i tried typing in my membership id and i uploaded a picture to debt to dell and they said we don't take this kind of shit as you can see i am white <laughs> hello fellow white man <laughs> aren't you a half asian lawyer <laughs> I will get my half Asian lawyer on your ass. He's not Bill Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to get, I, I, I want to get Bill Richmond on the show one day. That's a goal. Um, guys, uh, you know, final thoughts, you know, especially as we're looking into how do we secure our finances? How do we become better, you know, better with our money as we're getting into what is now being called the post COVID economy? What are some things you learned and what are some things you think that some people should really start considering? We'll just go down the panel. So Derek, I, I still think I have a lot of things to learn when it comes to that. So I, I recommend that no one take my advice too far to heart with things that but no they more. Sh- but they should listen but to this show. hundred percent. Listen to the show, please. <laughs> uh, that there's better advice as we go down. But the but basically, I mean, I'm just sort of holding my money at the moment. I mean, I haven't dived too much into investments. I probably should, but I, I'm just kind of you know doing doing my job and making money and trying to save. And so you're not going to buy the five thousand dollar graphics card. No, I, so the miracle for me, and I'll just say this now is that thank you, Zed. I will thank you every day until I die. He, he got me to build a PC just before all this bullshit started. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, like I literally got it 
into January of 2020 before all this shit started. We were so close to problems. Um, and yeah, like, pause for him. I wouldn't have my PC right now. So thank oh. you, Zed. Zed? I would say save your money, make smart investments, and also spend the money on stuff you enjoy in life because life is short and you're not going to be able to take all your money to your grave. You know, why are you working so hard? You know, you got to enjoy some of that money. So that's what I'd say. Just be smart with your money and enjoy the things you like. Sean? I'd say the same thing. Like Zed, save, go into smart investments, enjoy the things, go outside. Like, you know, because of COVID, uh, a lot of us were cooped up. Go outside, smell the air, run around, slap a cicada around and call it a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, if, there's one thing, if there's one thing I could add to that, Doyle, I would say, like, if you're not spending your money on much else, go on a trip. Just go somewhere. I don't care where it is. Just go somewhere. Like, we're all going to come see you, RJ, fairly soon up in Wisconsin because... Uh, you know, that's just a fun trip for us. We get to see you get to explore Milwaukee, explore. Guys, uh, there's so much beer here. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. So <laughs> much beer. I have become basically, well, if not, I, if I was not already like a, a professional fu- high functioning alcoholic. Oh no. It is, it is, it is crazy. Is that, is that, is that's like, are there cigars? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to a cigar place tomorrow. I'll tell you how it is. It's about 15 minutes from my apartment. All but, right. uh, yeah, I mean, definitely all, all good advice. Enjoy your time. Don't be impulsive with your money. And, you know, just, you know, ha- have that have that six-month emergency fund. Have a side hustle. Do yeah. something. Like, you know, start looking beyond just what you were taught in school. Crypto, I'm not going to tell you what to buy. I'm not going to tell you why you should do it, but at least look into it. Get some stocks that give you a good dividend and start building a dividend tree to make money while you sleep. There's so many ways to do it, but you can learn all about that on past episodes of On the Run. We talk about financial and investment advice. I'm not a financial expert, but I do talk to people and review stuff who you know, will give you better advice. So this is all for educational purposes. And please, I go ahead and put this stuff out regularly on my Substack newsletter. It's remso.substack.com. It's remso.substack.com. Go ahead and subscribe to that so you get additional stuff outside of the regular podcast. As always, folks, I want to go ahead and thank the Degenerate Panel. We are Libertarians Network coming to you every Monday and Thursday. As always, be safe, be good. I'll talk to you later. Later.